0: Well, good afternoon, friends, and welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community Church. We are a global Methodist congregation with the mission making disciples of Jesus Christ. And to start off with this week, we want to apologize for the technical difficulties we had last week. We believe we're going live right now on a Tuesday during the lunch hour. Um, we seem to have this rash of difficulties lately with our um, internet provider. It's we run into some creative problems and so we apologize for that i we, was so disappointed and sad when we had no engagement
1: last week we i were know filming the podcast and hoping to get some thoughts and questions on making disciples and our christian word of the week and all that stuff and at the end of it, i was like oh my gosh that, that was a bummer nobody nobody engaged and later on we realized that it never went live yeah and was yeah. posted a couple days later so and
0: our uh IT guy, Ike Doddrill has done it for years. It's his ministry to the church. He is working, arguing on quality of service and those kind of things. So yeah. we whether you're joining us for the podcast or you worship with us online, we're trying to get that worked out. Uh, as always, uh, introduce ourselves. D.A. Bennett, lead pastor.
2: Bonnie Coates, associate pastor, interim children.
0: She caved she title this week. Last yeah. week was just Bonnie Coates. Right, right.
2: And <laughs> Added
1: Josh five. Coates,
0: associate pastor. I guess technically... My title is Pastor of Discipleship. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our studio engineer, the man that makes it all happen and gets frustrated when our internet doesn't work. Jeff, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good. So far, it looks like we are live. We've got three people online with us, so thank you for joining with us on your lunch hour.
0: Excellent. And as always, if you have questions, if you have comments, we would love to hear those, especially if you have that a word or phrase that Christians use that um, maybe people don't fully understand. I like to call it, it, it Christianese. Like we speak right. our
2: own language in the church, and I don't. And if you don't grow up in the church, you don't even realize it.
0: It sometimes if so, you grow up in the church, you just right. you've heard the phrase, you don't know what it means. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we we've got a phrase, but we're gonna get to that later. Uh, right now, we're looking at the mission statement. Uh, our Covenant community. Well, before we get to that. Oh gosh, how could I forget? cannot
1: forget the bobbleheads. The bobbleheads. We're joined this forget. week He's by come <laughs> off
0: the, top rope the with Macho and
1: Randy Savage, the, the Ultimate the Warrior, man. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and I, as I was thinking about worship passionately Uh we're talking about making disciples who worship passionately this week um i've thought about passion you shared the story this week of being a you know a participant participant absolutely and the passion that fans have and i thought about sports and the passion that sports fans have and i thought about my childhood and as a a kid you know i I don't keep up or watch professional wrestling anymore but as a kid man these characters were bigger than life Mm -hmm. and i remember going to the myriad gardens and watching the wwf back in the day
0: whole folded ripping his fun. shirt
1: off and uh, and just the, the passion
0: that we had as kids for, Telling you to for say God. your prayers and take your vitamins
1: Right, right So <laughs> I thought, well, let's have them join us today As we talk right. about worship passionately So and I apologize No, that's for okay my, my bad <laughs>
0: I usually write myself a note, bobblehead yeah, Which is I not mean, usually for me, it's for you Because yeah. any, any new people watching If we didn't talk about it, they'd be going, what is going what on? What is going on? <laughs> so we have, have been in this series where we're talking about covenant To be a follower of Jesus is to be invited into a covenant relationship relationship our church is a gathering of people who have a covenant relationship with each other and then on a larger sense our denomination and then the largest sense a body of Christ but uh, our denomination the global Methodist church has as its mission statement making disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately love extravagantly and witness boldly and so this last week we talked about what does it mean to worship passionately? We asked that question at the end of last week's podcast, and uh, I realized when I went back to watch game film, you answered, and neither one of us did. Oh. Do, do you remember what your answer was? Um, it's in the notes there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, um, raising your hands and dancing and speaking in tongues was some, I guess, yeah.
0: Do you want to explain any more of that today?
2: More, more like, just basically... <laughs> Finding a sacred space and a sacred time to um, adore God. And however however that happens, whether it's through the words of your mouth, through lifting your hands, through dancing, um, but just spending time in God's presence, adoring the Lord. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and well, th- those,
0: those are things people do at wrestling matches. That's true. Right? You know? <laughs> that is true. They're, you know, they're raising their hands. Ah! You know they're they're dancing along with whoever's dancing in the ring, and I don't know if they speak in tongues, but sometimes their language is yeah. inutterable. You just can't really un- Right,
2: <laughs> right. That's one. Who of said them? that? I can't remember his name.
1: Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair. So you have in the notes here, D.A., Josh, what are your thoughts? Gosh. Now, don't and give away all our secrets. I will yeah. I will say be careful what you ask for. Uh-oh. So normally I write my thoughts on the front of a rundown each week. But I had too many thoughts. Oh my God!
0: I had to write on the back. Okay. We we wanted a comment, not a paper. I
2: right? You guys need to see this.
1: Look at this. <laughs> so hey, don't give away my secrets. We'll, we'll here. lay it on us. So here are my thoughts when we think about worship passionately. A phrase comes to mind when I think about it, and it's worshiping in spirit and in truth. Mm. Right. So from uh, John chapter four twenty three, yeah. Jesus says, "But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now." When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. Um, And so, you know, I think last week I said uh, a lot of times when we think of passionate worship or worshiping passionately, we think of emotion. Right. right? And that's what comes to mind. A lot of the things that you've described Emotion,
0: demonstration. Right. But
1: but here's what – so I think of spirit and truth for lots of ways because I think oftentimes – we go into worship seeking a feeling or experience rather than seeking God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I, I think emotional worship and, and maybe I'm I'm brushing too broad of a stroke here, but I think is is when we are seeking a feeling or experience rather than seeking God. I think worshiping passionately includes the emotions or can uh-huh. or yeah. right. not. But it's seeking God, and worshiping in spirit and truth is when we are fully engaged in worship with both our head and our hearts.
0: Right. If, if we're all spirit and little truth, we're given way to excess. As John right. Wesley yeah. used to say, don't be given to enthusiasm. He was not saying enthusiasm the way we do. He had a different understanding. Like, but, if, but if we're all truth yeah. and no spirit— Right. That's an equal kind of error. Yeah. The way that I've written it
1: out here is truth without emotion produces lukewarm churches and Christians. Mm -hmm. If it's just the truth, but there's no emotion, there's no heart, there's no spirit, there's no passion. There's a lukewarmness to it. Um, And emotion without truth produces empty frizzy frenzy or shallow Christians. It's all about seeking an experience, seeking an emotion, seeking feelings rather than seeking the truth and seeking god
0: right and and i may be jumping ahead um but one of the things i said in the same the sermon was passionate worship is not the same as worship passionately right and I, I think what you're saying really captures the spirit of that if as pastors we're trying to create worship experiences where people say oh there's such passion it it tends to be out of balance it doesn't yeah. seem to be in the it has to be both ways, and and i have seen places where that's what people try to create the emotion the feeling set the mood we want to create space i appreciate yeah, how you yeah. say that we want sacred space at the same time i remember years ago a camp i think that we've all worked at some point in day spring yeah. and uh i remember a, a guy used to pastor a really large church he's retired now but one of the things he said was you know we don't want these students just getting emotional and i remember clearly another friend of mine said you don't understand when the holy spirit comes on somebody that is an emotional experience right whether we're singing whether we're crying whether we're laughing whatever it is so yeah spirit and Truth." have to be balanced. And John, coming out of John's gospel, of course, John's pretty much a black and white guy, but two things that he says balance, spirit and truth, and of course in chapter one, grace and truth. Well, and also I
1: think it's important to note that worship starts in the heart of a seeking God, right? Jesus says that the Father is, what were the exact words? The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Worship starts in the heart of a seeking God. It's our response to God. God is seeking those who will worship him in that way in spirit and truth. Worship passionately is kind of how I think of that.
0: And, and style doesn't matter. No, You know, that I, I appreciated yeah. the quote I read from Walter Fenton, uh, confess a dumb young pastor moment that I had. Uh, when we moved to Ada, I was doing campus ministry, but the senior pastor at First United Methodist had to be gone. He said, hey, can you cover disciple Bible study? Which when I look back, I kind of laugh, think, man, he was Really brave letting an ORU grad tackle Acts chapter 2. Yeah, uh, you know, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming, people speaking in tongues, all that stuff. Uh, And I made the statement in there, and it was probably some of my youthful arrogance. And, you know, y'all listen to me, I know. And I made the statement uh, What do you think would happen if we had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in worship like they did in Acts chapter 2? And while people were thinking, I said, Y'all need to know, my answer is, I don't think we could handle it. And there was (laughs) another woman that said, I agree with you. And then there was another guy, pretty much a new believer. Uh And he said, I have that experience every Sunday. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing, too. Style doesn't matter to God.
1: But I think there is an extent that it matters to us. And I think there's a healthy part of that. And I think there's an unhealthy part of that where we think our way is the only way. Right. Um, But... I love this um, definition for worship that one of my seminary professors gave. He said that worship is the church's response in thanksgiving and praise to who God is, to what God has done, and to that which God has spoken. And so, at the,
0: read, read that again because I'm, I'm trying to yeah, digest that. Worship
1: is the church's response in thanksgiving and praise to who God is, to what God has done, and to that which God has spoken. Mm. And I love that. I love the idea that it's a response. And so the reason there's so many different styles of worship is because worship is our response. And we respond in different ways and we connect in different ways. And so while style doesn't matter to God, in some ways it does to us because of how we connect. and how, can, can
0: we be authentic?
1: Right. How yeah. can I be my most authentic? And, and, and for think... me, it's the more modern worship songs and things and, and modern expressions of the faith um, and that's not to say that that's the right way. That's not to say that it's the best way, but it's the way that I best connect with God. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that it does matter to God. And I'm not going to say it does matter to God, meaning it has to be this way. But I think it matters to God because it matters to us. And well, we have he a wants very, us to be authentic. Yeah, and we have a very personal God who shows up um, and, and and is you know, with us, um, as you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Right. And so we have this personal God who wants to reach us in whatever way that is. And so, um, yeah, whatever, if it's, you know, liturgical style, right. if it's, um, Pentecostal holiness style, if you're, whatever it is, like that is we, God reaches out towards us.
0: Right. And, yeah. and, and, I think what you're saying is really what John, uh, Josh was saying from John a while ago. Yeah. It does matter to God. It's gotta be spirit and yeah. truth that's what authentic is um so when we looked at psalm 84 which was a, the psalm i used for our scripture yeah. i went through and i made a list of what are the things it says about how he worshipped. and the phrases from the translation were faint with longing mm-hmm. my whole being shout joy grow stronger prayer all these elements are are put forth in worship passionately. And so it's not the style. I'm, you know, I kind of find myself and, and I like to think of it as the best of both worlds. I, I love the music we do in worship. You know, I, I love the contemporary stuff. Uh, Shane turned me on to a song last week. I was so excited. I made Bonnie listen to it and I sent it to you and you're like, it's not my jam, uh, but it's not about me, but you know, so, so I like that kind of, yeah, let's get it going. But I also think that I was blessed to grow up in a generation that still use the hymns of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're saying, I like modern music, I-, I wanted to interrupt and say, you don't want to bring forth the royal diadem? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> do you even know what that means or do you no, care? No, I got no clue. <laughs> I know what a
2: diadem is because of the Harry Potter books, unfortunately,
0: oh, my because goodness.
2: Of, it was one of the things that was mentioned in, in that. So anyway, I've, otherwise I would not have known what that was, I think.
0: So, you know, I... Honestly, I can feel comfortable in an African-American-style church Mm -hmm. where there's a lot more interaction between the pastor and the congregation. It really is more of a dialogue than a monologue during the sermon. I can appreciate that. Uh, Had a fire lit in my heart going to a four-square gospel church in high school, which is a charismatic church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yet when I moved to Ada and the first time I went to the Episcopal church, I was deeply moved by the liturgy and the structure. Now I still lean toward the contemporary modern style, but I I had a college student who'd grown up Catholic and she came in and and she'd grown up in a broken home. And she said, you don't know how comfortable it is to go to church every week and have it be the same thing. There's so much in my life that is never the same. Church is the place. I'm like, okay, thank you. You've helped me to to grow in that understanding. So uh, that that was part of what I want to know Is what your thoughts on Or worship passionately uh, And as you indicated With our uh, illustrious Professional wrestler bobbleheads uh, One of the points of the sermon Was worship is A participation sport Not a spectator sport you, My brother and I We participated <laughs> in
1: Our passion for wrestling We didn't just watch we were full participants in I the do living know, room with the pillows on the ground.
0: Usually every year around the Super Bowl, so this is going to start coming up on my Facebook feed, is people will put up the, hey, after church this Sunday, how about you you know, dump the Gatorade on your pastor right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hold signs up at WWE? Were you-, you know, that's a good question. I don't remember. I remember it was about – Fourth
1: grade, maybe so, nineteen eighty eight ish in there when they came through Oklahoma City, and I went. I remember I bought the Hulk Hogan shirt, the tearaway shirt, the bandana. I mean, I had it all. You were
0: a Hulkamaniac. I was.
1: I had it all.
0: Uh, but did you have I, the fake tan? No, I okay. did.
1: I did. <laughs> uh, I don't remember holding up any signs or anything. And, yeah. uh, we were so. Far up at the top with the tickets we had that any sign I had, no one would have seen, anyways. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, obviously, when we're talking about worship and, and we're doing that in our two services, we're really thinking about what we do in the worship center. Yeah. You have a different opportunity every week. Yeah, I do. In children's church. Yeah. So, how do you engage children in worship in a way that they participate?
2: Um, it depends on the song, honestly. Okay. Um, so because on with, with attention spans with little ones specifically, like if you are going to sing a, a slower song, um, for like one song I I really love. I love the song, um, I Lord I Need You. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that song, but just because it's rep- repetitive and, and stuff, and so it's really easy for mm-hmm. kids, right? Um, but if you're going to sing or have them sing a, a slower song, you have to like put them into a, a place where they can get quiet. Um, and get still and so usually like with with little ones like we'll be like okay so everyone get on your knees and stay on your knees we're going to to worship the Lord God is with us this is how we sing um, and tell God that we love him right mm-hmm. um, and so like you're on we do it on our knees if you're if we're dancing and singing we do that up Moving to the groove, then. and <laughs> and it's fun um, and we use like a lot of worship motions because um, part of part of the thing is with with kids um is that you know they they want to do something they don't always know what to do so mm-hmm. if they're led with emotion um then that motion can be something that they they can put towards that music and so they're able to to listen to the words mm-hmm. and hear the words and and um and understand the words that we're saying to the lord but at the same time we're just doing the we're doing whatever motions well, and or whatever fun thing we're doing
1: and so much work goes into Behind the scenes to create the space, whether it's yeah. in the yeah, children's absolutely. area or in the sanctuary. I mean, we've got Jeff and Shane who are on staff here, who much of what they do is behind the scenes creating the space in the sanctuary for people to have that encounter right. with God. You know, from the lighting to the sound, everything they put intentional thought to and work incredibly hard. Mm-hmm every day of the week leading up to that Sunday and even early that morning to create the space for us to have that environment that we don't have the distractions and the things that can get in the way from us having that experience with God. And and
0: so this leads to the question I was wanting to ask. Yeah. As people, and uh, certainly, Jeff, I would love to hear your response and your input on this too. Uh, When we're planning worship or if we're creating worship, what are things that we should be attentive to if we want people to participate, you know what? If we're trying again, we, we're not just trying to create passion, mm-hmm. but opportunity for people to worship passionately. What do we need to do to help people participate in worship? I mean, singing's easy, you know.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah, we
0: want you to participate. Sing.
2: So um, the thing about worship is that when you worship God. Um, you worship with all of yourself, right? You're supposed to worship with all of yourself, Body and yourself, soul, right? What's the song? Yeah, body soul. and soul. And so it's not just the, the you know the music. It's with everything that you are. Um, there's a story that um, I put down to tell you guys because I read it just the other day um, that I thought was so fascinating. It's about this guy named Herba all just a mythical story, whatever. Um, and he... Um, Andrew. No, no, no. And so um, Herba all, um was a What's part of... What's that all. All.
0: Er... er? Oh.
2: But
0: all. Oh. Uh-huh. But all, like. The false god in Yeah, 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 Okay, so okay.
2: He, he worships a god similar to that, okay? <laughs> okay. okay. so Erbaal is um, told by his priests that he has been chosen, his son has been chosen to be a child sacrifice. And he feels compelled and so, so grateful and honored to mm. offer his son as a child sacrifice. Um, and his wife just looks on, right? Um, and so he offers his son, his son is... Is killed in the honor and in, in, to honor this God, right? Um, again, they come to the um, the place where they are worshiping, and Erbaal is called um, and told, um, because you've been so faithful, we want to offer you this temple prostitute, and he is like super excited. You, you, you don't tell
0: this in children's church. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile,
2: his wife is sitting back, going, if. If, I had wor- if we had worshiped a different God, I've just lost you guys. I if I had worshiped a on. different God, then what would be different about my life and my family? Um, and because that's what matters. Like if we, who we worship matters. Mm-hmm. And when we worship God, we aren't worshiping a God who requires us to sacrifice our kids, um, or who offers us temple prostitutes. Um, but we are, we worship this God who who calls us to be missional and go make disciples. Right? right? We worship a God who I had to write it down, uh, who, who's compassionate and he cares for those in society that that other people don't always see. We worship a God who is gracious and forgiving. And and calls us to forgive. And so, like, there's the the the, the story in the Bible where um, somebody is is praying at the altar and then, uh, or Jesus is like, if you are praying at the altar um, and then you realize that you have um, need to make amends with somebody, then leave the altar and go do that. Yeah, like, you, go, there. you go and, like, this is how you worship me. You worship me by how you live your life and how you um, how you. Um, live out my commands and obey my commands. Um,
1: yeah, when I think of participation, I think it leads right into the other point that you made about how uh, what and who we worship Monday through Saturday determines what and who we worship on Sunday. Yeah. Right. I, I really do think the two are combined. And I so do. Romans twelve one is what came to mind when I was thinking about that. It says that... Uh,
0: Oh, I've got it on Do my phone. Do not own. conform Don't. conform to way. the too, pattern of this world. It was too long. But be transformed to out. by the renewing of your mind. It says, and so, Christ dear Christ brothers
1: is. and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him, and the way my seminary professor put it was, "It's your life." And all its living is an act of worship.
0: Absolutely, and yeah. so it's
1: not just what happens on Sunday morning. Right, it's, it's not, not just one the hour a week that we sing, but it's our lives and all of our living when we're truly worshiping in spirit and truth. When we're truly worshiping passionately, it's our life and all of our living that is worshiping God Monday so, through Sunday.
2: So, but the cool thing about that is it be, because we have a God who we can trust. Who is good and who is loving? whose um, Whose commands bring us to a place where mm-hmm. we are changed and we um, are, you know, we do good in society. Mm-hmm. For because he cares about his kids, it's very different than like the God that this herbal all guy would worship,
0: right? Right, right. So, so, so I don't want to lose it. Jeff, did you want to weigh in? Did you have some comment to throw our way today?
3: Well, uh, the only thing I was going to say is it, it depends on how people enter into worship. Mm-hmm. You know, some people enter in worship with uh music, some people enter in worship with the 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 the, the preaching, mm-hmm. you know, some some enter in with the community of folks. Yeah. Right. So I think it's all dependent on how people connect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there's different aspects of worship that are out there. None of them are wrong. As long as you're worshiping one God, none of them are wrong. Yeah. Uh in my opinion but uh but yeah uh for us back there in the back me and Shane uh limiting distractions um to get people out of worship but then like what Josh was saying you know adding some lighting that helps create a mood of of reverence or you know something exciting that's happening or something like that uh, and that's that's what we tried to do back there in the back
0: right so y- yeah. y'all aren't just changing the lights because well, people are probably tired of green. Let's go to red. You know that's not it. You're creating space, if you will.
2: It's like it's like you guys are are the the new um, stained glass window creators and sculptors, right? You guys, you use your artistic ability with lighting to create that sacred space.
0: I, I think that's a great way to think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, anyhow, back to that. I didn't want to no, yeah. <laughs> Jeff out. Um, Absolutely. One of the things that uh, you had just commented, I thought, well, this is kind of what I'm thinking is that worship should be something we do every day. I didn't do, spend a lot of time focused on that in the sermon, but there's a guy that made a uh, quote once. He was quoting another pastor. I don't know the quote exactly or even who the pastor was, but the saying was your public praise should never outweigh your private mm. praise. In other words, what we do and how passionate we are on Sunday morning should not be the extent of our worship passionately. All week long, we should be worshiping that way. Okay, we're getting close on time. we got to get to our phrase of the week. If you have a phrase, if you have a word, we want you to send that to us. No one has sent us anything. So today, I have pulled out a phrase from a song that we used in worship Uh on Sunday that I figure could be confusing. Uh, We sang what I think was actually one of my mother's favorite old hymns, there's power in the blood. So what does power in the blood mean? Go for it.
2: Um, my initial thoughts are that is pretty gory and, and kind of <laughs> yucky. Um, we um, There was a student that Josh had a while ago who would – had told about her experience in worship, where she was singing about the the, the fountain of blood.
0: There is a fountain filled with yeah, blood. yeah, and she
2: got real, real queasy and like almost fainted. Basically, um, I don't remember that. You don't? Okay, well, I remember it it very vividly. Um, but anyway, so um, so yeah, it's just the first things that that comes to my mind is like we're Christians are kind of weird. Like we're a little strange. We we talk about the power of of blood. What? Yeah, it's weird. Um, but
3: when
1: I think about it, I think yeah. obviously it takes me back to the Old Testament, exactly sacrifice, the
0: yeah. atonement of sins. There is no forgiveness of sins right without the shedding of blood.
1: And uh, I mean, all the way back to Genesis, right, where God provides clothing. They sacrifice mm-hmm. animals so that Adam and Eve have clothing instead of the fig leaves. Um, right. You know, so shed blood shed all the way back to Genesis chapter three throughout Old Testament. Uh, was for the atonement of sins, and yeah. Jesus is the ultimate spotless, perfect Lamb, the ultimate sacrifice. And so His His sacrifice, His death, uh, covers all of our sins, cleanses us, mm-hmm. uh, makes us holy and righteous before God. And mm-hmm. so um, that when I think of power of the blood, uh, in the blood, that's what I think about as those sacrifices and how Jesus was the final, ultimate one for all. Yeah.
0: I think that's the baseline for what we do, and obviously we we can't explain all of it. I think you've right. given us a yeah. good synopsis uh but we just know as Christians, some people are gonna have that same kinda, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of kind of response uh but it, it that we we believe that Jesus' blood that was shed saves us yeah. from our sin yeah. so okay so looking ahead next week we're Not going to be looking at worship passionately. We're going to look at love extravagantly. So I know last week, Josh, you came in and said, hey, man, you get sick. I'm good to go. As your notes on worship passionately (laughs) suggest. (laughs) Right. uh, What what are y'all's thoughts about love extravagantly? I, I think of
1: basically going above and beyond. A selfless love, an agape love, an unconditional love. One that... um. You know that we go above and beyond as followers of Christ to love others, mm-hmm. right? We do that through hospitality, right, and welcoming people into the church. We've got hospitality training coming up on February fourth. I would love for our entire congregation to go through that.
0: Really, would be uh, great.
1: And uh, and so, but that's that's like the front lines of showing extravagant love is making all people who come into this building feel loved and welcome, and it's welcome. a warm place. Um, it's, it's, go- it's being intentional and going above and beyond just uh, your normal stuff. Because loving others, I don't know if anyone has experienced this, is hard. It's messy. It's not convenient. Um, mm-hmm. And so to love extravagantly is being selfless in that and going above and beyond. That's what I think of. Yeah. How
0: about you, Bonnie? What are your thoughts? Uh,
2: that my first thought goes to Jesus washing um, the disciples' feet. Like how how can – what greater um, image of the love of God at, – at, I mean, just for his people. Um, and just you know, Jesus being willing to um, just – bow the knee and 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 wash somebody's dirty yucky mm-hmm. feet because somebody else didn't do it yeah um and so maybe just going yeah like you said the extra mile and doing what needs to be done regardless of what it is not just being like oh this is not my job right. i'm i am jesus i am the lord of lords i am god on earth yeah. i can't do that i
0: created the dirt under yeah. your toenails but i did not create it to go there
2: yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna do that but just well you know, stepping forward and being willing to do whatever needs to be done.
0: So. If those of you that are listening and watching, if if you have thoughts on yeah. what love extravagantly means to you or looks like to you, I would certainly welcome those responses. Once again, I write the sermon Thursday morning, so it needs to be begin <laughs> uh, by uh, Wednesday if you want me to consider it. But I will tell you one of the thoughts that when I first mm-hmm. look at this phrase and it's just like, I want to say there's a cultural myth that far too many people believe that for me to love you, I have to approve and accept everything in every situation you do. And I don't think that's true. I think that's a yeah. cultural lie that we're told.
1: So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do we got coming up this week as we wrap things up?
2: Okay, so Wednesday evening we've got the DA's class that he's Teaching Methodism 101 in the youth room. We also have um 6.30. Student- at 6 30 student ministry um has worship and then small groups mm-hmm.
1: yeah and dinner uh, before that 5
2: 30 to 7 30 5 30 to 7 30 mom's bible study on thursdays at 10 a.m in the um
0: b10 T-C. in the ministry training center
2: perfect thank you <laughs> um and then of course we've got worship on sunday again we get to worship our lord
1: mm-hmm. we get we to have, worship and we have we have a busy sunday coming yeah, up this week true. with all the the things that are not right. only Sunday morning, but after church.
0: Nine o'clock, 1030 worship, yep. 12 o'clock administrative council. And then at three o'clock, we're hosting a meeting for the Oklahoma City District of the Global Methodist Church. Our presiding elder, Reverend Lisa Beavers, will be here, as will our president pro Tim Jordan McFall. He's preaching at the church plant in North Oklahoma City on Sunday morning. He'll be joining us. Uh, it'll be a time of worship and a time of coming to understand what is this new thing that we're a part of.
2: Sounds great. All right,
0: well, you
1: guys have a great week, and we'll see you here same time, same place next Tuesday. God bless.